Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JTandTheDon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. We are here today. We will wrap up some items from week one of the NFL and look ahead to week two, as well as cover some NBA. So, let me welcome in everyone's favorite, JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today? I'm feeling like it's Thursday night football, man. Man, it feels good to have sports on every night of the week, man. This is like a dream. It does, and it's good to have football, even though you just gave away what night we record this. Now they can figure out how delayed we are in posting our episode, but that's okay. That's you, okay. You, you, can do just, that. you can just edit it out. <laughs> no, we don't do that. We don't do that. Um... So, JT, are you ready? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. All right. So, wrapping up some things, some items from week one of the NFL, mainly the Sunday night and Monday night football games. Uh, This Monday night's football game saw the Pittsburgh Steelers play the New York Giants. It also saw the Steelers players wearing the name of Antoine Rose Jr. on the back of their helmets. Antoine Rose Jr. was a 17-year-old black teenager who was killed by East Pittsburgh police officers in 2018 as he was shot three times and found to be unarmed. Villanueva, Alejandro Villanueva, was the only Steeler player to cover up the name of Rose and wrote the name of Alwyn Cash. Cash was a black U.S. Army sergeant who served in Iraq and died of injuries he sustained while pulling his fellow soldiers from a vehicle that had been hit by a roadside bomb. So, JT, do you have an issue with what Villanueva did specifically? Um, before I get into that, can we just say, you know, we want to say, you know, our, our rest in peace to both of these individuals, you know, regardless of how you feel about who should have been honored, at the end of the day, uh, two men lost their lives. So, uh, ser- serving this country. So, I just want to point that out. But, so, on to your question about Ali Villanueva, we got a lot to discuss because he seems to do this um, a lot. But it wasn't just, you know, some people in the media were upset about this. Even Antoine Rose's mother was upset about it. Uh, Michelle Kinney, she came out and bashed Villanueva, I believe it was on Tuesday as well. And she basically said that she doesn't understand why he did this in this moment, essentially cover up her son's name on the back of his helmet when the Steelers organization came to her and reached out and decided to do this. So her thought process was if the coaches, the owners, and everyone involved with the Steelers, this is what they wanted to do. Why did he choose to go against that? So she was sort of upset. But for me personally, I don't know if I have an issue with what he did because he can, it's freedom of speech. You got, we talk about protesting all the time. He has the right to free speech and protest. It's just, I have an issue with 
how he just keeps putting himself ahead of the team in these situations when there's no reason to do so. You already know I'm going to go back to 2017 when the team, the Steelers agreed, they weren't going to go out before the game uh, during the national anthem. And what did he do? He went out there and stood alone. And even in that moment, he took some flack for it. And he came out and basically said that him, that when he saw himself in that photo, even to this day, he said that every time I see that photo of me standing by myself, I get embarrassed and I feel ashamed that, you know, I essentially threw my teammates under the bus when we made a group decision to do a certain thing. And I put myself above the team. So he's already admitted that he regretted that incident. And then you fast forward to Monday night and he upstaged the team again. And this time he used what I like to call the all lives matter mentality. And I feel like that part about what he did just rubs me the wrong way. And it's really bad timing on his part because one, there was no reason to do this. You brought up a really good point about we wouldn't even known about this because nobody talked about talks about anything offensive linemen do. So he made a concerted effort to do this. But last time I checked, the team and the NFL as a whole, like everybody just saw the theme of week one across football was going to be unity and honoring the victims of police brutality. That was just going to be what was going to be out front and center. So my question to him is, how is being against that representing anything positive? Like, why do you even have an opposite stance to those? Like, I don't understand. Like, to me, I think those are good causes, unity and violence against individuals. So that I really did not understand. And then, so I know people are going to bring up the point that, you know, he is uh, a military vet. He has served a few tours and, you know, he did honor a military, a, a military vet. And my thing is to him, if he feels so strongly about honoring this vet, why did it take him so long to do it? And why did he choose this moment to do that? Cash died in what, 2005? The NFL honors vets and military year round with plenty of press. So why hasn't he spoke up and done stuff like this before? And if to take this one step further, I'm pretty sure he does. He seems like a very patriotic guy. He cares about vets. Then why is he not out there protesting every game and, you know, in the post game uh, interviews, bringing attention to the real issues that military vets face, which is how they're treated when they come back from war in America, you know, where the, where they don't get benefits, they don't get treated right. So my thing is this, what, where is his out outrage about that? Cause I've never heard him speak about it. And like I said, it just rose me the wrong way that he just keeps trying to get the spotlight rather than supporting his teammates in the moment when I feel like this is a year that they really need him to just say, you know what? I'm with you guys. Let's do this together and let's bring awareness to this. And to me, I think this highlights a bigger problem that this is probably the reason why change in the NFL is so slow. And I think what has to happen with not necessarily just Ali, but some of the other quote unquote stars and faces of the NFL is people are going to start half. They're going to start to have a really uncomfortable conversation surrounding certain people in the league. And the reason the conversation is the reason change is so slow in the NFL is that the leaders and faces. So I'm talking about the owners, the coaches and the white quarterbacks and some of the white players. Those players are mostly conservative. And the fact is they probably agree with the opposing viewpoints 
that the players are protesting. So they don't, and I feel like that is an easy correlation that you can just see just by looking at what people say and what they don't say when people do do protesting in the NFL. And the thing is, they just don't get pressed the same way that the guys that are, you know, kneeling and protesting against police brutality do. So you just look at certain stories. Like Brady had a, a Make America Great Again hat in his locker room after a primetime game. It was a little story, went away, nobody else said anything about it. Even even uh, more recent, Kirk Cousins, his dad had an interview where he said that Black Lives Matter was created by Satan. I'm pretty sure Kirk Cousins has some similar, you know, political viewpoints to his family. It just makes sense. And then you take somebody like Robert Kraft, who is best friends with the president. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have the right to have those viewpoints, but I'm saying if you're going to have those viewpoints, I feel like the only fair thing is you have to take whatever connotation comes with that from the public. So if I'm supporting, you know, Black Lives Matter, I'm um, protesting police brutality, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to take what whatever comes along with it as far as response and labels. And I feel like some of the people who are on the opposite side, they don't get that same in return. So the problem is that they're probably going to stay quiet. And as long as this doesn't happen, they don't want to do that as far as, you know, openly come out and say, you know, I am on the opposite side of what my fellow teammates are protesting is, is they know that if they do that, what comes along with it, and that's the dreaded R word, and they just don't want that label. Yeah, I mean, there are so many different points and items that can be discussed here and, and could be a, a, a topic that you do a whole show on. And oh, you were, really? And, Absolutely. And you were starting to get even into a different avenue outside of just this particular you know, um, this particular instance. Um, and, you know, I'm, I would say I'm not in a position to tell people kind of like how you said, like how to act, how to think, how to feel, um, you know, especially telling another adult that, however, you and I, we are in the business of giving opinions, you know, sports opinions, and this falls within that realm. And that's what we do on this show. And, and you know, these are our opinions. And, I have the same opinion as I did with the Jonathan Isaac situation that we discussed where he didn't wear the Black Lives Matter shirt. He didn't take a, a knee. And I questioned even after his explanation, why not? Why could you not do it in unity to further the cause and to, and to show that strength? And here, same thing, JT. I don't understand why he couldn't wear the name on the back of the helmet, just as all of his other teammates did. And like you said, to show unity. And I understand I can never be in his shoes and totally understand what, you know, Alejandro Villanueva went through in the military overseas, the things he saw, the things he had to go through, the things that military members have to go through. So while I, I can't completely, you know, understand that, and I won't be completely critical because I would like to hear his explanation, not the saying I would agree with what his explanation may be, but I have a feeling anyway, we won't get one. It's like you were saying, he's offensive lineman for a football team. 
the media doesn't want to hear from offensive linemen. You know, they want to hear from the Tom Brady's, the Ben Roethlisberger's, which, by the way, both Big Ben and Cam Hayward both said they were surprised by this. Yeah, I I heard that he didn't even tell his teammates that this was something he was going to do. Right. And that's what I heard, too. But then I also heard that Coach Tomlin was aware of this ahead of the, 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 uh, ahead of the time. And he was supportive of him expressing whatever feelings he had. Um, but to me, that's neither here, here nor there. Uh, but his teammates were surprised by it. And, you know, when people say, well, he's free to wear what he wants, you know, why does he have to conform to what the team wanted and voted on? Well, this is what I would say. We had that same thing with, you know, Colin Kaepernick, right? He wasn't conforming to everyone standing, and he took a lot of heat. But this is, this is one thing I want to bring up, which I don't know if you touched upon. Well, you, you did kind of bring it up, and I'll go a step further. If he felt this strong to wear a different name, Petition the NFL for a military day where you can wear names of fallen soldiers or soldiers on uniforms, on your cleats, on your helmet, right? Agreed. And what I would want to know is, so before I go into this next part, so don't take it on yourself to do it in this specific moment where you're just going to put a, a name on your helmet. Now, I would like to know, JT, if the NFL is fining him for not conforming to the uh, league uniform policy. Because I'm sure the Steelers had to clear it with the league to put the name of Antoine Rose Jr. on their helmet. Because oh, remember absolutely. what happened Remember what happened with Peyton Manning when he wanted to wear the, uh, the black um, high-top cleats in honor of Johnny Unitas when Johnny Unitas passed. They wouldn't let him do it because they said it did not conform to the league policy. He wanted to honor one of the NFL greats, and they wouldn't let him do it. So what I want to know is, is Villanueva being fined in this situation? That's um, a really good it, question. I'd be, re- I'd be really interested to see where that goes, because I feel like that's one of those things where it's just going to disappear and we're never going to hear about it again. And I'm not, I'm not sure if they should or not, but what I'm saying is if you don't, you open up Pandora's box, right? Because you can wear anything you want. Exactly, exactly. You know how the NFL has been with that. Very strict with that. Um, now, I'll end on this. And if you, you want to say something else, go, go right ahead. And, and we've both discussed this analogy. So it, it's, if it's not from both of us, go ahead and stop me. But I think it kind of is. This would be like wearing in October when the NFL – permits and allows changes to the uniform policy where in October they allow, um, you know, pink wristbands, you know, pink decals on helmets for breast awareness month, right? That is the color associated with breast awareness month. So this would be like, we're in October, everyone's wearing pink. They have the pink towels hanging, you know, to clean their hands, you know, pink cleats. And someone is out there purposely wearing a light blue or a dark blue um, towel or sort of symbol, which uh, symbolizes usually the light blue prostate cancer or dark blue colon cancer. Now, it's not to say those cancers are not important, but if we're in the month of October, which has been made 
officially, as far as I know, Breast um, Cancer Awareness Month, why are you not wearing pink or nothing at all, meaning no other color? You're wearing blue for a specific reason. Does that mean you don't care about breast cancer and the victims of breast cancer? So that's my analogy to where like Villanueva, I understand you're in the military. I can never truly understand walking in your shoes. So I'm sure you have your reasons. But here, I'm not sure why you, you strayed from what the team was doing in, in terms of, you know, you standing out and kind of being an individual here, where, like I said, the analogy is, why are you not wearing pink for breast cancer awareness? Does that not mean anything to you and you rather wear light blue? Yeah, that's a really good analogy. And I feel like if you were to ask him that exact question, he, it would make sense. He would be like, well, no, I would just wear the pink. But it's, it's weird that he can't see the same correlation in this situation. But that's a very good point. But I'll tell you what, I think, like I was alluding to before, the reason why this is happening and it's an uncomfortable conversation that I don't know if the players have it internally because I think they already know who's on what side, but the media and the fans don't want to have this conversation. And it's that the reason some of these guys, Villanueva in this instance, do stuff like this or they don't speak up is because they don't agree with the stances that are being protested. And I feel like they stay quiet, unlike Ali, because they know that they're going to open themselves up, especially right now, for criticism, and they just don't want that. But we'll see. And and before we go, we want to make sure, like, both you and I, I know you have uh, family members that have been in the military. And, you know, we're very grateful and appreciative of not only the military, but the the time that Villanueva served in the military. but you know, again, these are our opinions on this specific instance in these specific times. No, absolutely. And I don't have a problem with him honoring military vets or just the military in general at any time. It's just that your team agreed that in this moment, this is what we were going to do. And you just chose not to do it. Uh, he's going to have to answer for that at some point. So, but let's stay in the NFL where <laughs> there were a couple of controversial offensive pass interference calls in the fourth quarter of the late games in week one. Uh, Michael Gallup of the Cowboys was called for an offensive PI against Jalen Ramsey, and that catch would have basically put the Cowboys in field goal range to win the game. Well, to at least uh, also, tie. To, to at least tie. At least tie. Yep. tie. Yep. I, I feel like they would have won. He probably would have went for it. And also, uh, Bengals' A.J. Green was called for offensive P.I. in the end zone, and his touchdown would have won the game for the Bengals. Instead, Randy Bullock missed the game-time field goal by blowing out two tires. So, <laughs> Don, were the officials correct with each of these offensive pass interference calls? You know this is my topic because I've been wanting to talk about this since it since it happened. Oh, so um, I don't have to say this is a Don topic. You just okay, go ahead. Perfect. I'll admit I'll admit to that. Um definitely a bad call, I feel like, in the Cowboys game. Jalen Ramsey, he's the one that actually initiated the hand fighting because he grabbed the right arm of Gallup first. That's why Gallup oh. had to had to make contact a little bit with Ramsey. He, I agree with you. And I'm not, you don't even have to go to me for the Ramsey one. He sold the shit out of that. <laughs> like, he got beat for a potential game winner. He got beat bad too, because Gallup had plenty of space. Yep. And I just feel like he did whatever he could to not look bad after he just signed his big contract on national television. 
I told you, you do not want to sign cornerback, cornerbacks to those big contracts. They tend to fall off the cliff a little sooner than usual once they get that big contract. They start getting beat deep. They start gambling because they know they've got nothing to worry about anymore. Now they get beat on those, those double moves. But Gallup never fully extended his arm anyway to push Rams. It just looked like Ramsey was beat. Right. He was just kind of holding him off, but it was mainly because his right arm was grabbed. The separation, like you said, Ramsey was beat. The separation was not caused by the push. It's like you said, it was caused by Gallup. Gallup burned him, beat him. And, um, you know, what offensive pass interference is supposed to be, meaning what it's supposed to protect is just a receiver, you know, catching a pass. Like offensive pass interference is either supposed to help a receiver catch a pass or prevent the defensive back from catching it. For example, it looks like a clear – Looks like a clear interception. You just come and tackle the defender, right? Here, again, Gallup separation not caused by a blatant push. He did not forcibly push off. And one other interesting item. On the broadcast, they said, oh, there's another flag down on the 37-yard line. We didn't hear it. What was that flag about? You know, would that have offset the penalties? So or maybe they were just both against the Rams. Well, or maybe both against the Cowboys. Because, the Cowboys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So – that's what I think on that one. Real quick on the Bengals one, that's such a 50-50 questionable call. But I will defend A.J. Green and the Bengals here. I can't believe I'm going to do this. The corner was sitting on the route, kind of grabbed A.J. Green again. What yeah. do you want A.J. Green to do? Just stop his route? He's going to push off a little bit. So I thought there should have been either you throw you throw a flag on both guys or you don't throw or a flag on any. Play. It's for the game. Exactly. Exactly. And I know you're not going to want to hear this and the listeners aren't going to want to hear this. I think we need the pass interference review back. We just do. There's too much money anymore involved on the line in these games. Well, at least maybe bring it back in these instances where it's going to decide a game. Okay. If you want to do final two minutes, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, I thought the one with AJ Green was wrong too because just for everything that you just described it just looked like the DB had bad leverage on the play and Green's a big guy he knew how to run that fade route in the end zone he knew it was coming back shoulder he just turned around and caught it so it cost him the game and (laughs) R.I.P. to Randy Bullock man (laughs) he's so out of shape that he he blew his calves blew up on a field goal attempt and and it wasn't even that far JT because they were literally at the end zone it was like a 15-yard field goal. <laughs> That's something I would pull a muscle on. Or do you think he faked it because he knew he blew the kick? Ooh, now you're just stirring up controversy. I don't know. You, know. you know if you're in that situation and that's a gimme, you've been in the league for a long time, and you miss it, you got to miss it with your head held high. You can't be like, oh, now I'm injured. Nobody in the locker room is going to buy that. And for the game. And for the game, it's not like it's in the second quarter. Good point. Good point, Jill. Look, look My at man you. Randy still got to go to work. So <laughs> I want to know how his teammates looked at him when he came in the building the next day. <laughs> I do not want to be him. Um, so, JT, let's go to some basketball. All right. The Western Conference Finals are set because the Denver Nuggets completed the comeback series victory with a game seven victory this past Wednesday night. So the Clippers collapse leads to several questions, JT. 
I could see it on your face already. You're like, what just happened to the Clippers? So first, what I thought was going to happen, they didn't make the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> so let's 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 get to the Clippers in a little bit. But first, who do you have winning in the Western Conference Finals? Um, it's the Lakers, just because they're my pick to uh, go to the finals. So I think they win it. You're doubling uh, down. Yeah, they they win it four to two. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say Lakers, but I'm rooting for Denver because I just think they're so tired. <laughs> they they that, gotta be. That is definitely one of my points. I mean, they've played 14 playoff games to 10 by the Lakers, and the Lakers have been basically just resting here the past five days. And, th- and um, they have played 14 playoff games. They have been like exactly. dogged in yep. every one of them. Yep. Yep. Um, and who guards LeBron? Like, who is able to stay in front of him? Maybe, maybe you can educate me on it because the Clippers would have had Kawhi and Paul George at least, right? Oh, the oh, Denver has no shot on defense. They were terrible on defense against the Clippers. So I could just see the Lakers eating them, eating them up in pick and roll. Like, yeah. no way Jokic and Porter Jr. can defend that. It, and and the thing is, not only do you have LeBron. Because I think limiting LeBron is the key here. And I don't know how Denver's going to do it. I don't see it happening. But at the same time, you got Anthony Davis. He is now an offensive uh, big man, whether you want to call him a four or five, a power forward or a center. Whereas, you know, the Clippers didn't have that. So I'm going to go Lakers in six. Along with you, I agree. The Lakers already won three out of four during the regular season. They scored over 100 points each game. That goes to further our point that how are, how's Denver going to stop them offensively? Um, so I just – I don't think that they can slow down AD and especially LeBron. So we agreed on that. But who is most to blame for the, for the Clippers collapse? I don't know if I want to put blame on one. You got to, you got to, that's our job. Here's the thing. I think I blame their collapse on the same reason I tried to tell you, this is why I'm not picking them to win at all. It's because it's just something to me. I told you did not seem right about this team. And I think it, the collapse is the lack of leadership. I'll go mostly Kawhi because He's supposed to be the guy that comes in and changes that whole situation. And, and in fact, he didn't improve it at all if you look at it. And I told you before I could see leaks in the team. Look at the Lou Will situation. Paul George did Paul George things in the playoffs. And Ka- I told you before, Kawhi Leonard, in my opinion, was just the wrong leader for this team. And he proved to me that he just doesn't make players better. And I think last year he just had a magical run in the playoffs with Toronto and he was lucky he was annihilating people in, in the Eastern Conference. Well, it's tough for me to say this, JT, because I like him so much, and I thought Orlando gave up on him too fast. But Oh, he gets blamed too. Go it's, ahead. It's, it's Doc Rivers. Did I cut you off? No, I, no, no, no. Oh, I okay. wanted to pick Doc because I, I know where you're going, <laughs> but at the end of the day, the stars are the ones that play the game because if this were LeBron, they wouldn't be saying, oh, it's Frank Vogel's fault. No, it's on LeBron. You are the man. You're supposed to get it done. Well, you're kind of right there. That's a good point you bring up. But Doc is the first coach to lose three separate playoff series after being up three games to one, JT. And in fact, he's the only coach to have even lost it twice. So now he took it an extra step. And that is a trend. And guess what? He's the common denominator in each of those series. It's not Kawhi. It's not Paul George. It's... 
you know, it's not Chris Paul, it's Doc Rivers. And listen, a coach is to, is to keep a team focused, and they blew multiple big leads in both games, five and six. And in fact, they blew a 19, listen to this, they blew a 19-point lead in game six against Denver. That is the same number of points that Clippers were up in 2015 versus the Rockets in game six before blowing that game and the series. And guess what? Doc Rivers was the coach of the Clippers then. And I so bet you if Doc Rivers gets fired, you want him back in Orlando. Absolutely. But the question isn't, is he a good or bad coach? The question is, who's the blame for the collapse? And then Doc's troubles came back to haunt his team. And listen, Doc Rivers himself, okay, blamed the lack of conditioning for not advancing. And Kawhi mentioned um, the lack of chemistry. Guess what? Conditioning and chemistry are both things the coach is responsible for. It's not making a shot. It's not that yeah. he drew up the, the great play and Kawhi missed a shot. Conditioning and chemistry. If you see any of those are off, it's your job as the coach, whether you can do it or not, to try to fix it. He obviously didn't, and that is a lot on coaching, and I'm going to blame Doc. But you know what? I can flip that same argument around, and if, if I'm a Doc Rivers supporter, yeah, you know what else causes those things? Load management when you're their first first year with the team when you should be out there playing those games and lack of leadership. You shouldn't be sneaking off to the strip club in the bubble. Like all those factor into why we were out of shape and we had no chemistry. You want chemistry? Spend more time playing together. Don't you always blame Tomlin for what went down with Antonio Brown and in, in Big Ben? Well, football's different. Road football's management. Different. Okay, hold on. Let's football's go back. Different. Be, football's different because coaches have more authority because the contracts aren't guaranteed. Look, and ain't nobody telling LeBron what time to be home. And that's He's going to do whatever he wants. And that's fine. But you mentioned two things. One, you said leadership. Well, guess who's at the top of that leadership? It's not always the star player. It's the coach, right? He runs the team. And then as far as load management, guess what? Again, you're the coach. You have a say in that. So if the star player has more pool than you, then I'm sorry, but it still falls on you. So, you want to talk about star players. Let's go to Kawhi. Will this performance, this series, diminish Kawhi's legacy? Yeah, absolutely. Because LeBron would have swept the West with this team that he had. Absolutely. And he just showed that this is the difference between stars and goats. Because LeBron is notorious for getting new teammates, making the chemistry issues work, and by the time they get to the playoffs, he got it all figured out, and they're going to the playoffs. Really? Did he do that last year with new teammates? Was he hurt? I, it, what's it matter? Was he, he hurt? came back. He came he back after the, the injury. You don't play. He, he, he came play. He came back after the injury. He came back after the injury. Still couldn't do it. It does. It hurts his legacy. Go ahead. Agree with me. No, I'm absolutely not. Like, unless this kind of collapse uh, continues to occur in the future, the dude's a two-time champ. He beat. He, he a one LeBron. In people's mind though, what? Because they're because they're. Are you gonna say they're gonna credit him with being the Spurs championship, or they're gonna be like it's the Spurs, it's you, popping the system? You don't think that four four games, the one victory against LeBron in the Heat had a lot to do with Kawhi? It absolutely I'm did. Not, I, that's he not shut what down I'm LeBron. Do you think people are gonna say that's Kawhi's title? Title Toronto is. For sure, Absolutely. it's his title. But that's my other point. Not only does he have Toronto, but he still 
you're acting like he was some scrub bench player for the Spurs. Bro, he was guarding LeBron in LeBron's prime, okay? Like, and the Toronto one is his, which you can never take away. So you're going to say this one series diminishes in legacy. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Michael Jordan never lost. Oh, I'm sorry, LeBron never lost to the Mavericks in the finals. But you're, you're just looking at the end. Is that how I really sound? It, I'm saying everybody, not only you, but everyone sounds like that when they're making that argument. He's here all week with these impressions. <laughs> and I mean, he's still young. The Clippers have a good core unit. What if he wins another title or two? You're going to say, oh, oh, wait, wait. He's not a superstar. His legacy is definitely tarnished because of that one moment. Look, we're, talking, we're talking right now, as of right now, in my opinion, the legacy is diminished. That's just me. But everyone has playoff failures. Jordan lost to the Pistons, what, three I years in a row, two a, years in a I row? I get it. I get it. We could just disagree. I, I, was, I thought he was a little overrated to begin with. That's not saying I thought he was sorry. I just thought that we you ascended him too fast to just elite, elite superstar status. You don't and appreciate good Those guys, it's the same way with Giannis. Those guys that are elite, elite superstars, they make it happen no matter what. You just now, don't appreciate good basketball players. Yeah, I must be an Orlando Magic fan. So, let's <laughs> stay in the NBA. Interesting question here. So, which team had a more disappointing season, in your opinion? The Rockets, the Bucks, or the Clippers? I'm going to, if I'm going first, I'm taking the Bucks because Giannis defending MVP, they were the number one seed in the East which a lot of people say is easier than the West. Giannis is in the running for defensive no, player of the year. Everybody says that. Not a lot. <laughs> Everyone says that. You know, Giannis is in the running for defensive player of the year as well as MVP. He had time to get healthy with the pandemic, and the pressure was on the organization to go far in order to convince Giannis to stay in future years. With So you combine the expectations plus the possible reward of having Giannis stay for a long time in Milwaukee, with those two, the, it, the expectations were the highest. And they just could not handle the pressure. All right? And listen, the Clippers are going to be back. And no one thought the Rockets would beat the Lakers or get to the finals. But everyone thought the, this was the year the Bucks get to the NBA finals. But they didn't even get to the Eastern Conference finals, JT. definitely the biggest disappointment of the NBA basketball season. Well, this is easy. It's the Clippers. And to your point, the reason nobody picked the Bucks, at least on this show, is we already saw this same movie last year. Great regular season team. Giannis gets to the playoffs. They know how to stop him. It's different basketball. And they just they didn't change anything from last year. So I didn't expect a different result. But for me, it's the Clippers. It's just because they had all the hype, all the talk, and they blew a 3-1 lead to a team that already came back down 3-1 in the previous round. So you got a team that was already, they should have been fatigued. You had more time to prep for them, and you still blew it. I don't get it. And we just had this discussion. Kawhi was supposed to be the best player in the league after last season. That's how people felt. And Paul George was supposed to be this top 10 player. And the two things that we'll remember from this team in this playoff is Lemon Pepper Lou and Pandemic P. That's what that's all they're gonna remember about the 2020 Clippers and the horrible leadership. And that's why I didn't pick them to win it all. 
and just <laughs> how could you not say this is not the most disappointing season? Everybody five star locked it that they were going to win it the moment those two uh, PG and Kawhi signed. So I disagree because it's not only the most disappointing for Milwaukee, but it's the most devastating because, like you said, they JT, were going to lose. You're like anyway. you're like when we look back at this season. Nobody yeah, that's, thought the Bucks were going to win a championship. Nobody thought that. Bro, they did not even get to the Eastern Conference Finals. You cannot and sit there and tell me. I guarantee you, if you poll some people, they would have thought the same thing. But it they, we saw this last year. That that Giannis doing it by himself in Milwaukee and, you know, pulling the Kawhi Leonard, that train sailed last year in the but playoffs. But that's my whole point is that's why it's so disappointing is because they have a guy it's, like Giannis. Is this disappointing because you knew it was going to happen because you had seen no, it happen before? No, because it's the Milwaukee Bucks. They don't get here that often. And guess what? They probably won't anymore, whereas the Clippers still have that chance in the future. That's why it's the most disappointing and the most devastating. And let's go back to the West versus the East. Again, no one – thought, oh, it was going to be an easy walkthrough for the Clippers. People at the beginning of the year going into the restart thought it would be for the Bucs because they're in the East. That's why it's more disappointing. I guess we'll let the fans on social media settle it for us because I disagree with you 100%. Well, that's nothing new. So, JT, now that week one is officially a wrap, let's look ahead to week two briefly. Give me one storyline or game that is a must-watch for you. Can I pick two? They're really quick. Yeah, of course. So, we knew you were going to do that. So my thing is, I want to see, will Tom Brady come out and smash the Panthers after everybody, including his coach, B.A., has been riding him? And, you know, after I heard, you know, the way people have been getting on him, let's be honest, he didn't play that bad. If you want to talk about chemistry, it's obvious that's what it was. But, yeah, I think you're going to get, like, that angry Tom Brady, and that's what I want to see if he does that with uh, against the Panthers this week. And, of course, I'm doing this every week until it happens. I want to see uh, it's Survivor with Mitch Trubisky. I want to see if he'll survive another week as a starter of the Bears. I think he got at least one more week in him. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I, I think he definitely – are you saying he'll have next week too, or you're saying this week? I think he'll earn another start with the game against the Giants this week. Okay, okay. I, I'll tend to agree there because I think even if they lose, they'll because they're 1-0 right now, even if they're 1-1, one one, they'll, they'll put them out there for game three. So, you know what? I'm going to go with two games. My first one is the Washington football team at the Arizona Cardinals. JT. Sneaky game. Yep. Can Washington win two in a row to start the season? I'm interested to see how – Haskins does against this Arizona defense on the road. And if the D line of Washington can do what they did last week against the Eagles. Now I would imagine the Cardinals are a little bit more healthy on the offensive line. So that's going to be interesting. And let's look at Arizona real quick. I think they might be legit here, even in the, in a tough NFC West, I think they're going to go to two and Oh, which kind of spoils the the next segment, but I'm starting to believe in Arizona here. So you you think that's a legit they can win a playoff game type of team? Yes, yes. I I want to agree with you. Only thing I don't want to overreact to. I think the 49ers are going to be bad this year. I told you there's the hangover, but I'm starting it's, to agree with you. Not that. Even, didn't you not pick even Arizona? Hold on, D didn't you pick Arizona to make the playoffs? I think I did. 
I'm starting to agree with you yeah, on that. Yeah, I picked them to make the playoffs. But I just think the 49ers, the weaknesses they had early in the season last year, they didn't fix them. And I think they've actually gotten worse where they were strong. They have zero receivers. Kittle's already hurt. Jimmy G is Jimmy G. And that, and Richard Sherman just went on IR. So uh, the 49ers may not make the playoffs. I don't want to say it, but that could easily happen. I predicted they wouldn't make the playoffs, but it, listen, it's early in the season, but um, so we'll, we'll see the other game real quick rematch of Super Bowl 49 Patriots at Seahawks. I believe the Sunday night game. Yeah. This game's going to J- look completely different. <laughs> JT. Well, of course, but JT cam versus Russ. This is new England's biggest challenge since Brady, the Brady era ended, which is only in game two. So I'm interested to see if the Patriots are the real deal or if a lot of their defensive guys that are sitting out, that opted out, and if they're missing Tom Brady. I think we're going to see in this game. Yeah, that's going to be a really interesting game because they both want to do different things. Obviously, I think the Patriots want to slow the game down and run it, keep Russ off the field, and I think, Seahawks want to light him up, but Belichick's always got something up his sleeve, and he's already complimenting Russ, calling him the best player in the league, in the media, so that means he's like, all right, I got something for you. He's not going to do anything, so uh, very interesting to see. If To me, if Russell Wilson balls out in this game, he'll win the MVP. I'll call it right now. Woo, two games in. Hey, I like like that because I predicted him to win MVP. Uh, Okay, all right. So speaking of predictions, you keep saying that. Let's go to our weekend predictions. Let's just run through these really quick. All right, number 17, Miami Hurricanes at number 18, Louisville. Who you got? Man, I'm going to go Miami, but that's just because we're Hurricane fans. Uh, they're two-and-a-half-point underdogs, I believe, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Miami. Let's go. 2-0. All right. All right. We got to go, go with the Canes. If not, we can't do this show anymore. Uh, you already brought up this game, Washington football team at Arizona Cardinals. Like I said, I teased this one already by saying Arizona, so I've got Arizona. I'm actually going to disagree with you. I'm going Washington football team. Ooh. I think this is the type of defense that can chase Kyler Murray around. He's going to have to work for it this Sunday. And Do they uh, have Patriots- the second – hold on. Do they have the secondary, though, to keep D-Hop in check after 14 catches? I think if they can get the pressure, they can scheme to at least slow D-Hop down on the back end. That game is going to be closer than you think. Uh, you already brought it up. Patriots at Seahawks. And Russ, I trust Seattle. Patriots. I think Bill finds a way to get it done. Uh, New Orleans Saints at the Raiders. Uh, the grand opening of the Death Star in Vegas. Man, I'll, got- tell you, I'll tell you what, this is a sneaky type of good game that I'm really interested in seeing uh, what Monday night. I'm going to go the Saints, but I think this is a close game. Everything in me is telling me to pick the Raiders for exactly what you said. It's the, Their new stadium is open. It's going to be prime time. I just got to go with the Saints because I think their defense is really, really good. They make Tom, they made Tom Brady look like he should retire last week. I so think – go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead. I think, I think they get it done. I don't think it's going to be a close game. I think that I, – I think if you recall, or if I recall, 
I picked this game. Remember when the schedule came out and we were talking about games to watch? You did, yes. This was, but I was also under the presumption that there'd be fans. So, you know. All right. And let's have a little fun with this one. Better game this weekend, Mitch Trubisky or Tom Brady? Yeah, TB12. How are you going to go against TB12 and take Mitch? No way. I'm not doing it. Nope. I'm going Mitch because when Mitch ball – Ball's out. He does it big time. So I'm predicting another 300 yards, three touchdowns from Mitch. I think he gets it done. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, JT, let's go to – we haven't done this segment in a while, but now's an appropriate time. Sports confessions, JT. I do have one. So forgive me, loyal listeners and fans of JT and the Don, for I have failed you. I incorrectly picked the Clippers to win the Western Conference. I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me. JT, your turn. Look, I got a confession too. If you don't forgive me, I really don't care. But I'm just going to throw it out there that I feel embarrassed about this. But I was really, really close. And I was wrong about the Raptors making the NBA Finals representing the Eastern Conference. When, in fact, I should have did what the Don did and picked my team from the start, the Miami Heat. And, I mean, it's good for me because I get the root for them, but I think because I didn't pick the Heat, now they're probably going to win the NBA championship. How can you say you were almost close with the Raptors? The Raptors got as far as the Clippers did. Game seven of their conference semifinals. Yeah, but it, it just didn't feel like the Raptors blew the It felt the different. Did. It did. Whatever. Easily what? could have been the Raptors playing the Heat. The Clippers what does that e- like they should have even been there. What does that even mean? It felt different. All right. Well, you know what, JT? Let's go to some sports trivia. I want to try you to stomp you here. Feel good now. Yes. Okay, I go. think you might get some of these because they're kind of recent. So, I don't know. I don't. I don't have that. I don't have that luck like Jenna does on this show. She knows her stuff, so I'm not as good as her. Yep. She definitely does know her stuff. So, JT, we'll give you another try. Who is the only QB in NFL history to throw three touchdowns and zero interceptions in three consecutive season openers? So their stat line in each of those three openers, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Hmm. At least three or three on the dot? Three on the dot. So fans at home, you can play. Because he threw four. Because we know JT is going to take a while. So you got three seconds. Three. Two, one, no guess. It is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Should have guessed him. All right. Who is the only QB in NFL history to complete 95% of his passes in a game and throw three touchdowns? Gardner Minshew. Yeah, there we go. This guy watched (laughs) some football last weekend. Who are the only two quarterbacks in NFL history to have 30,000 passing yards and and 4,000 rushing yards in a career? It's got to be is, – is Cam, Cam doesn't have 30. Two QBs. What's your two guesses? Come on. So 30,000 passing and 4,000 rushing? Yep, in a career. Steve Young, one of them? Yes, sir. Well, who's the All other? Right. You got five um, seconds. Got to say Cam, right? One, it is not Cam. It's not Cam. My, my dude, Russ. Oh, oh, you know what? You're right. Damn, I saw that too. Yep. Yep. All right, last one. Let's go college football. Which ACC team has the most 
players currently on 53-man rosters in the NFL? Damn sure ain't Florida State. Um, Five seconds. Three. I say Clemson. One. You're wrong. It's the U, baby. It's still the U. They've got 53 active, 53 man active rosters. Yeah, most players currently on the 53 man rosters. Ooh, so basically, he must be like the, the 53rd, the most players currently in the NFL, basically. Hey, and I'll take it. And it's Miami with 31. Clemson is next at 29 and then tied for third. I mean, if you consider this an ACC team, Notre Dame with 28 and then Florida State with 28. You know what? As funny as that sounds, I want to know who the 28 FSU players are because I don't I don't think we know that many. Yeah, I mean, listen, they've had some teams with the 2013 team, Jameis Winston, Cam Akers, Dalvin Cook. I mean, you know, you've got you've got those guys in there. Kelvin Benjamin's gone, right? Der- Der- <laughs> Derwin James. I mean, you got Derwin James. Um, Jalen Ramsey. Yep, Jalen Ramsey. So you've got you. They they've still got their their fair share of players out there. There's but twenty hey, more to go. It's still Miami, though. That's the amazing right. thing. Even in a conference with Clemson, Miami still. But they still can't win. They cannot win. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, JT, great episode. Looking forward to week two of the NFL. We're still excited. Football is back. Um, so JT, great episode to the listeners out there. Thank you for listening as always. And remember to please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, please leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And remember to please follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, our handle, JT and the Dawn. So again, thank you. Be safe out there. And JT, until the next episode, see ya. Peace.